As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. So excited to have you here today. And wow, do we have something important for you. You work hard in your business every single day to build wealth so you can take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really have an impact. That's what this show is all about, is how can you build that amazing life of significance. But with wealth, there comes some dangers too, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, is how you can create lasting wealth without some of the negative side effects for your family that are out there. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know the different ways that you can implement strategies to build not just wealth now, but lasting wealth. You're going to have a framework to learn if your family's wealth is at risk, but more importantly, you're going to feel courageous about taking action so you can help protect the wealth that you've created for your family, not just now, but for generations to come. And our guest today is an expert in this. We have Cindy Arledge. She's author of four best-selling Amazon books on wealth transfer, right? You can go get her books. Absolutely fantastic. She's also at the forefront of a new industry that she's termed legacy planning. She's the CEO of the North Texas Family Enterprise Center, and she really offers these tools to her members. And she's here today to share with you some of the things that you can do. Cindy, welcome to the show. Tim, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited about um, being here with you because I really admire what you're doing and helping families, you know, pulling back that curtain and let them have access to the tools that help them build a life of wealth and significance. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you, like you and I were just talking about before the show, there's so many things that we don't know that we don't know. And, and we want to share these things. And, and for you, this is a personal journey that, that you've been on. So, so do you mind sharing a little bit about some of the challenges that you've gone through and how that's led you to where you are today? Well, Tim, and what I went through is really my why. Uh, my mom and dad were married in 1949. They were depression era babies. Dad was 18. Mom was 17 when they got married. They had four children in nine years. And I found all their tax returns after they passed away. And in their 10th year of marriage, my dad was making less than $4,000 a year. Isn't that amazing with four kids? <laughs> and uh, they both passed away in 2005. They, they died eight months apart. And by the time that they passed away, dad was making 750000 a year. And he managed to amass a $10 million estate, which is, you know, really amazing. And it was all in real estate. Um, and he, he, had a, he had a goal that he wanted to leave an empire for his kids so that they didn't have to go through what him and mom went through, right? And sadly, in less than 15 years, most of my parents' wealth was gone. And um, really, it destroyed, 
are injured family relationships, some are destroyed. And all the hard work and everything that they did was, you know, really gone. And what I discovered is that it happens 70% of the time. 70% of the time. Wait, wait, let's just pause a moment. 70% of the time, the wealth doesn't last, does it? Not, not through the first transfer. And this isn't just like me making this up. Roy Williams, who I consider the, the godfather of this industry that my goal is to see it be recognized as an industry, did a th three decade plus study on 3000 families. And I mean, that's a long time in a lot of families. So he had the hard data to, to really dig into what is a wealth transfer failure? What causes it? And from there, you can reverse engineer the solution. Wow. So, so let, let's, let's spend a moment, right? 70%. That's, that's huge. If you're listening to this, right, you know, seven out of 10 of the, the people you know are going to have some kind of a wealth transfer failure. I, and Cindy, how do you define wealth transfer failure? What is that? Well, Roy defined wealth transfer failure as a loss of control of assets. And that, and, and it's a great way to measure. You can, you know, like you have how many assets you have. And then if they're less, that's pretty easy to measure. But from my standpoint, from the angst that we went through, it's really not enough. Um, the other piece of it is unnecessary stress. You know, death is always going to be a time of grieving and pain and sorrow, but oftentimes it's harder than it has to be because we're not prepared. So for me, a, a wealth transfer failure includes unnecessary stress that we put our family through and then the broken relationships. And, and those can be a little bit more difficult to measure, but how many people do you know that no longer speak to relatives because a family member passed away? Yeah, huge. I was just listening to the uh, story the other day, very wealthy family, about a $100 million estate, and the grandsons were managing the money, and now all of a sudden there's legal disputes. It's a mess, absolute mess, and broken relationships. And, and so, you know, that's one of the reasons wealth can disappear. But what are some of the other reasons you've seen that, that really kind of cause these, these wealth transfer dysfunctions and wealth transfer failures? What, what's behind it? Well, basically, it goes into three different buckets, right? The first bucket and the easiest one to fix is the family doesn't have a formal mission statement. And most families think, well, I don't need a mission statement for my family. But when you create a mission statement for your family, you're really building unity. And when I work with families I work with, I'm looking 100 years into the future. And so the mission statement is the guiding statement that holds the family together. And, and if you think about it, like oftentimes we don't say things that we don't need to say because we don't think we need to say them, right? Like you shouldn't have to tell your kids don't sue each other, <laughs> right? But you really need to tell your kids don't sue each other, Um because kids end up suing each other. And, you know, oftentimes people think, well, it's the wealth that causes the problems. But I've seen a family torn apart for $25,000. Hmm. Yep. So the first mission, the first is a mission statement. And then the second one is really to prepare your heirs. And this one is a huge topic, but it's really not as hard as you think it is once you know how. You know, I tell people brain surgery isn't hard if you know how. But preparing your heir is like how many people have their kids, their children set up as the trustee? Most people. What kind of training are you providing for your child to become a trustee? 
it's on the job training, <laughs> but none, none takes place. And even before that, you know, I tell people, I've seen people live through a bad estate plan. Oftentimes we have our children, our grandchildren as our medical power of attorney or our financial power of attorney. Um, I have a friend of mine who passed away last year. He was 101. He was an amazing man. He outlived two wives. And when his first wife passed away of 65 plus years, their granddaughter, who was an attorney, was his guardian. And she basically called the state and said he wasn't able to take care of himself. He was 91 years young. Hmm. It took him a week to convince the hospital he was fine. And by the time he got home, they had stripped the house of all of his wife's jewelry and important papers. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And he lived another, he remarried, lived another eight years and had a great life, but you can live through a bad estate plan. Hmm. So, so really one of the, the reasons wealth will disappear is just right. No, no family mission statement. The, the second thing that can, that can help is really kind of, you know, training your heirs and getting them ready. Well, what's another thing that, that we can take into consideration here? Well, we've, you know, we've got the mission statement. We want to get them prepared and um, you know, the, the final piece of it, and this is, you know, they're all kind of critical, but the one that causes the most problems is lack of communication and trust. Hmm. You know, we know we've known our siblings all our lives, but oftentimes when there's a death in the family, we go back to being those young children because I don't care how old you are. When you become an orphan, you become an orphan. And I see the siblings revert back to those childhood roles like oftentimes there's the smart one, there's the troublemaker, there's the one that dad always loved, there's the one that mom always babied, right? And so that communication and trust, you have to build that with the adults that people have become. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a big piece of it. Wow. I mean, right. There, there's so much dynamically that, that goes on in families. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, hey, do you have your will and, and your trust? I mean, this this is understanding the family dynamics. It's communicating well. It's preparing the heirs. There, there's a lot that goes into this, isn't it? Yeah, it really it really is. And, you know, I've, I've seen people like they, they want to get overwhelmed, but they really don't need to because I give them a roadmap and it's super easy when you're doing this, when you're not in chaos. Hmm. Now, if you're waiting in the middle of chaos, yeah, things get hard. Yeah. Uh, but it's like if you do it beforehand and people are prepared and they know how to communicate, trust each other, it, it just makes all the difference in the world. Okay. Now you've mentioned you've seen families destroyed over $25,000 and certainly 25250000 It's across the spectrum, but is there a certain stage at someone's life or some level of wealth where they should really start looking into this legacy planning? When does this start to make sense? Well, it really depends on, well, of course, you know, lots of times people have to have something that they want to protect. Like if mm -hmm. you feel like you're broke, you, you really you know, that's not going to work. Yeah. I really hesitate to put a number on it. Typically I'll have clients that have at least a million of investable assets uh, because by then, um, you know, they, they feel comfortable that they're going to be able to leave something. Mm -hmm. um, and truly though, any family can benefit the, the family with the $25,000. Um, it was grandma. That was all she had left. She was 83. If she'd lived another year, the kids would have had to been paying for her care, right? She left her money to her youngest grandson. He was the only one left in college. 
And the the son accused the sister of stealing the money. Wow. And, and you know, with a situation like that, just a simple letter. Hmm. Hey, son, you know, I love you as much as I love your sister. Um, I'm leaving this to the youngest grandson to try to help him get through school. Okay. Then that would have done such a huge to go gotcha. along with it, it goes back to that communication and trust. Yeah. But but it sounds like really kind of the, the deciding criteria of of if this makes sense is do you have something you want to leave to the next generation? Do you have something you want to pass on? It, it you know, it's my dad always said he wanted to build an empire. I call it an enterprise. Do you want to build an enterprise that you're giving your family an advantage in the future? Okay, excellent. So, so now I, I know a lot of our listeners, right? They may have done their will, they may have done their trust, and you know, a lot of times we've done the research. We know most trusts are, are old and outdated. This, I mean, this is certainly a, a key element, but this is not necessarily what you're talking about with legacy planning, it, right? Because I know many people think I, I've got my estate planning attorney. I've done this stuff. You're exactly right, and a lot of people think that won't happen to my family. Right. We've got a natural bias that we have to overcome in our brain. That's like, that's not going to happen to our family. I've got my will. I'm good. And it's about not knowing what we don't know. I mean, that really is the key. Uh, there was a survey done by the family office industry that they asked families before a wealth transfer had occurred. What do you think causes wealth transfer failures? And they said, <laughs> you'll love this. 93% of the, the responses said, it's my advisors. I, I got, I got bad advice and maybe taxes. And, and then the 7% uh, family issues. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you, you mentioned family offices and, and you and I are both well-versed in what those are. Most of our listeners are, but for those of you who don't know, a, a family office is really the structure that the super rich, those with a net worth north of half a billion dollars typically use to manage their financial affairs. And it's a, a team of advisors. So people you may work with, they have on staff working for the family full-time. It's really access to the best of the best experts out there is what a family office is. And so you said in this study, they, they really found you know, most of these plans failed. So if you compare the two studies, the study done by the family office before the wealth transfer occurred, those that haven't been through it said, oh, it's 97% my advisors and taxes and 7%, no, 93% advisors and, and taxes, 7% my family. The 30-year study done by Roy Williams, over 3,000 families, it was the total opposite. It was 3% taxes and bad advice and 97% was wealth transfers failures are caused by the family. Wow. So, right. You know, so, you know, you may have all your estate buttoned up. You may have all that stuff. You may, you know, I've even told your kids, Hey, here's how I'm going to leave stuff, but it sounds like there's still some issues at play. And so, you know, how, how does, how would you define legacy planning and, and how does the legacy planning process work? Well, I'm glad you asked. And um, for me, legacy planning is a heart-centered, holistic approach that we sit next to the wealth advisor. We sit next to the, uh, the attorney and the CPA, hopefully a tax advisor, right? We are the, the heart-centered that really prepare the family. I'm kind of like a human capital specialist at the family level. Hmm. 
Wow. Okay. And, and so, you know, you mentioned kind of sitting aside the, the team of advisors. What, who are the professionals that are usually involved in this process? Well, one of the, um, I, I take my families through three steps and I have them in, in one of my steps, I, I have them identify what I call a board of directors, because when you treat your family like a business, then you can create an enterprise, right? You want to create systems and structure that can go from one generation to the next. And then if you think about a business, a business never runs out of money, right? And so when you create an enterprise family, you don't, you don't have to worry about the family running out of money because you create a, a system that it regenerates. And so one of the things that we talk about is creating this board of directors of this brain trust. And truly it's, it's like a fractional family office. So I encourage entrepreneurs to decide who do they need on their team that if they weren't there could help the next generation. Hmm. And so for us, um, we have our banker on our board of directors because uh, one of the interesting things about selling my mom and dad's estate, dad thought he had everything set. You know, he had all the family limited partnerships. He had all the trust. He didn't fund them. He didn't follow the directions because he had control issues. He didn't have access to quality planners. So it wasn't set up quite right. And um, so I ended up borrowing $3 million to settle my parents' estate in 08. How about that for, and, and it's real estate. Wow. Yeah. And so um, my rents went down 75%. And um, so our banker is on our board of directors. Uh, because having a really good banking relationship is important when you owe $3 million. And we also have, of course, our attorney. We have a financial advisor. We have our CPA. And for our family, I'm serving as the legacy planner, even though I don't advise it. But we do bring in outside experts in particular areas of expertise that we need. And we actually will do a conference, uh, not COVID this year we didn't, but we'll have a conference like once a year, once every other year. And we bring in the experts and they meet with the entire family. And um, they truly, they truly do serve as our brain trust. And then I have two mentors. I have two family mentors uh, that my girls can go to um, when I'm gone. People usually say if, but I know there's going to come a day. Uh, because the one guarantee that we have is that we're going to die. Mm -hmm. And so I'm establishing that mentor relationship for the girls with people that have known me and my business has been really peace hmm. of mind, peace of mind and confidence. So, I mean, this is really forward thinking stuff. I mean, I mean, this is powerful because you really are creating that, that family enterprise. And it, it's something I hear from my clients all the time is I want to take care of the next generation, but they're not quite sure how to do that. Yeah, and I simplify that. Um, our our legacy plan is eight years in the making, and we believe a family that has fun plays together, stays together. Yeah. And as you know, um, you know, you can have trust that can serve different purposes. And so we go on an annual trip every year. We've declared the second Saturday to the third Saturday in June is our legacy week, and we actually meet and we have uh, meetings. But we. We've had our meetings in St. John and we've had our meetings in Phoenix, Arizona and the Tetons. And um, what I found, if, if any uh, matriarchs are out there wanting more grandkids, if you invite your kids to an exotic beach vacation, you can get more grandkids. Ah, I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. 
And actually, I just got chills as you were talking about that because it's so powerful because by doing this, you can really start to involve the entire family in this process and create those values, create the system, create that legacy, create that family mission statement so that you do have sustainability, so that you're not in the 70% of generational wealth that disappears. Well, and what we do is we give them on-the-job training. So they get the budget, they get to decide where we go, they get to learn how to do communication trust, hmm. planning a fun event every year. And, and those kind of things, experience is the key, right? Why wait till you're dead to start training your kids? Yeah. Do it while true. you're alive. So, right, for someone who's listening to this, right, I, how do we know if we're at risk? How, how do we know what's going on in our family dynamics? How do we know if this is something we should even consider? And how do we get started? But let's, all right, how do you even know if you're at risk? Well, and what I've done to simplify this, I created a risk audit that takes less than five minutes to complete because I've discovered through helping my clients and learning where there's unnecessary stress, lack of communication and trust, right? And then the lack of mission statement, where those affect, there's nine conditions that if you are no on any of the questions, I can pretty much predict that your family's going to have problems in the future. Wow. So, so on that risk audit, what are some of the things that, that, that you're asking? What, what's one or two of those questions and, and, and why are those so important to answer? Well, one of the questions that's so important to answer is, um, are your important documents organized and have you communicated your desires with your family? Okay. Um, I've seen families destroyed making life and death decisions for dad hmm. because dad didn't tell him what he wanted. And one child's like, you know, unplug him. He wouldn't want to suffer. And the other's like, no, 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 we got to keep them. So trying to make this, trying to make life and death decisions for someone else is very stressful. But uh, when you know exactly what the other person wanted, it's easy for the family to come together and then deal with the task at hand. They've got somebody who's deathly ill that they're trying to get well, right? And so not having to fight over, or guess what would have dad wanted and just be able to come together as a united front is amazing. And mm -hmm. then the, the documents being organized. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how much time families lose trying to find the will. I, I know of one family that found a key to a safety deposit box, but didn't know what bank it went to. Wow. So, so actually let's just spend a little time there. Do you have like a little hack or, or, or some kind of little suggestion that, that for people to store documents, do you, do you recommend scanning things and storing them digitally and giving everyone access? Well, what's kind of like a best practice around that just for people who are listening that say, Oh my gosh, if Cindy can help get me organized, I would be forever grateful. Well, what's like that little hack or suggestion that you make? Well, everybody has different ways they want to do things, right? Some people are paper, some people are digital. And I believe in a backup system. So however you do it, I suggest you have it about, you know, have a backup to how you do it. And one of the, the hardest, this is, I would say a hack is find a way to keep your information updated because it's easy to do it once. And then you, you've got like, I got my documents, you know, organized. And then five years later, you've moved twice. You no longer have that life insurance policy. You don't own those cars anymore. So the hack is design a system that's super easy, that's easy to maintain and keep up to date. 
Okay. I, and, and when you say documents, right, I'm guessing will, trust, healthcare power of attorneys, deeds, mortgages, insurance, things like that, or are there other documents too that you would suggest storing? Well, I've got a super easy checklist that I share with my clients. It's actually got 12 categories. And uh, one of the categories is pet care. Because think about it, if you go in the hospital and the neighbors are having to take care of your pets, because mm. let's face it, our pets are our four-legged animal friends, right? Being able to have, I, I keep mine in a filing cabinet, right? And I've got 12 sections. And, and one of the sections is pet care. So in that pet care for each animal, here's the animal's name. When they were born, here's the vet's name. Here's the power of attorney to take my animal to the vet. Here's what they eat. Here's when they eat. Um, that's just one of the easy things to do. And then I've also got another uh, section on my house. You know, please roll my trash out on Thursday nights. Here's the code. Here's, here's the telephone number to the various um, suppliers of electricity and water. Make it easy for people to help you if you need wow. help. Okay. Excellent. So, right. I, I know, you know, as people are listening to this, they may be thinking this is so complicated. It's so, so nuanced, right? It's, it's, it, we can make it more complex than, than it has to be, but you know, how can someone just start in this process? W what can they do? Right. We talked about how to figure out if you got risk, which is with your risk audit. And if that comes back and we're saying, Oh my gosh, I'm at risk. What are the next steps that, that we should take? Well, you know, I, I think the risk audit is a great place to start because there are some things that are more important than others. If your will is out of date, that's the place to start. I mean, I, so many people don't even have a will. My, my poor family, they've gotten past the embarrassment that if you come within three feet of me, I'm going to ask, do you have a family? Are you over 18? And do you have a will? And unfortunately, less than, you know, 70%, like, if you're 30 or 30, 18 to 30, you've got a 78% chance that you don't have a will, right? And even 17% of seniors over the age of 72 don't have a will. So if you don't have a will, you don't even have your family protected in the legal arena that we're living in. You've given control of your estate, your business, and your family to whatever state you live in. So that's the first part, you know, get, I always call it like circle the wagons. Remember in the old Westerns, how they circle the wagons, get the most important things done first, get your will, get your, you know, financial plan in, in place and your, I mean, your, your, your legal plan. And then I think, you know, Tim, we talked about getting a board of directors to help you get a good group of financial, legal, legacy, tax advisors, to create the plans that will move your family forward and for the next hundred years. Yeah. So, you know what, maybe, maybe we can just pause there for a moment and, and talk about advisors because, you know, I spend a lot of my time trying to vet and find really, really best of the best advisors out there. And I, and I have come across so many attorneys and CPAs and other advisors that if I said, tell me about your legacy planning process, they're going to look at me sideways and say, my legacy, what? Let me, let me tell you about the market and how it's doing. I mean, that, that's going to be, yeah, we'll talk. They have no clue when it comes to this. So, so what are the questions? How can we find the professionals who are well-versed in this, who do understand legacy planning, who, who understand the, the dynamics and what goes into it? 
Well, that's an excellent question. And to your point, um, what I have found is oftentimes we'll say, oh yeah, I do legacy planning, but their legacy planning is like not really legacy planning, right? It's like, do you have a family story you'd like to pass on? And yep. they think that that's legacy planning or name your top five values and write them down. Um, that that'll really help them or, you know, and this actually is helpful to do an ethical will of writing out your values. That really is very helpful, but in and of itself isn't enough. And um, so from the, uh, an entrepreneur's perspective, how do I know that I have the right person, right? And in my industry that, that I'm, my goal is to see it become recognized. All I do is legacy planning. My expertise is the communication and trust, how to prepare heirs, how to build that mission statement that, that, that family, I mean, the family story is important to me, but the family mission, that's all I focus on. And I, I sit side by side with only the best of the best of, like you were saying, the, the wealth advisors that truly know the secrets of the super rich and really how to help their families implement those. Um, I do see a lot of people in my industry that are an attorneys that have bolted on a legacy plan to their offerings or a financial advisor that says that they offer legacy planning, but really don't have the practical tactical steps that I help families create. Like we were talking about having your documents organized in the checklist. I help families create a personal emergency preparedness plan. I call it a pet plan. And I don't ask my clients to do anything that I haven't done. So one of the things that I would say as an entrepreneur, ask your advisors, do they have a will? Do they have an estate plan? Do they have a plan to achieve the goals that you want to? Because if they don't, they're probably not the right advisor. Hmm. All right. That, that's good insight, right? Just asking, right? Show me your plan, right? Show me what you're doing. And it should be more than, you know, hey, I've circled my top five values. It should be, here's the implementation of it also. Mm -hmm. That that is, and you know, one of the things I the the entrepreneurs that I typically work with, and I, I think you're the same, Tim, is people that really want to make a difference in the world, yep. and they recognize that when they're successful in becoming. And, and by the way, I'd like to give an unsolicited plug to your books. I absolutely have loved them, and Thanks. I've I've learned so much because I'm not a financial wealth advisor, so I'm actually going to be implementing the things that you put in your book to help me and my family. So I'd like to say thank you. Um, but just to um, have the ability to earn wealth, to give it away that impacts your significance. Right. And I think that everything that you're doing and I'm doing helps families do that easier and really can make a huge difference in the world. Yeah, no, very, very true. So, and actually in your, in your book, right, Cracking the Inheritance Code, you know, you lay out three simple steps that, that people can, can follow. You talk about living your legacy. You talk about preparing yourself. You talk about preparing your family. Maybe we can just spend a couple minutes on, on each one of those. What does it mean to, to live your legacy? What does that mean? Well, one of the things that I realize is that so many people are focused on giving a legacy, but before you give a legacy, you need to live a legacy. And your legacy is more than the money that you live, that you leave behind, right? Your legacy is how you experience life, how you're going to be remembered and the impact that you're going to make. 
And so one of the steps that we work with our clients is how to help people show up as their best self when life gets tough. So to actually live how you want to be remembered, start making that impact now and enjoy life and teach your family through they're looking at you, right? So to teach them by living it is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your family. Okay. So, right. And it can be as simple as, right. Instead of thinking, you know what, I'm going to leave that really big gift to, you know, my favorite organization when I die, you know, maybe it's starting to involve your family and giving smaller gifts while you are alive so that they can see you live that legacy instead of waiting for it, right. Start it now. Well, we actually take it a step further. My grandkids range in age from 10 to two. And we, um, in our family meetings, ask them how they want to impact the world. Mm -hmm. And my grandson wanted for his birthday to um, host a dinner at our local uh, Samaritan Inn, a homeless shelter. So he raised the money and the family went and served dinner together. And then we had a discussion afterwards because I think it was $300 to feed 80 people. So, you know, as the matriarch, I love my role as Elmo. They couldn't say Oma, the German name. So I got to be Elmo and I love being Elmo. And I just did the simple math with them. I said, so, you know, how much does it cost to go to Chick-fil-A? That's their favorite restaurant, $10. So if you were to feed 80 people, how much would that cost? You know, so now he's doing math, it would cost $800. Well, we fed 80 people for 300 and teaching them how they can work with nonprofits and, and really evaluate the impact that they're making. And he was eight. Wow. Wow. Right. Well, talk about living your legacy. That That's powerful. The second thing you bring up is preparing yourself. How, how do you prepare yourself? Well, one of the things that um, most people don't like to think about is growing older and to die. But we're all going to, I mean, we, the day we were born is the day we started dying and not looking at something doesn't mean it's going to go away. So by preparing yourself, you know, I my philosophy is begin with the end of mind and the end of mind is death. Most people are just trying to get through their day and I'm thinking a hundred years into the future. And so to prepare myself, um, I really do a lot of research in a lot of different areas. It's, it's fascinating how research can take you to different, um, really specific pieces of information. And I, I got into um, a research project of the activities of daily living, instrumental activities of daily living, and advanced activities of daily living are how scientists and doctors um, start looking at the aging process. And in doing so, I, I discovered that really, unless you're taken out by um, an accident or a disease, you would follow this natural cycle of aging that eventually you would be like a toddler and need help dressing and feeding yourself and going to the bathroom. But using the research-based science behind that, I discovered the stages before that and how you can prepare yourself to, I, I create a care plan for aging with my clients so that they can age with dignity and stay independent longer by being prepared for the natural process of aging. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Right. So, so needed. And then, then lastly, right. And we've already talked about some of these, but there's preparing your family and what are some, and you can tell us the same ones, but you know, how do you prepare your, your family for this? Well, I, I'm going to tell you a funny story real quick. My granddaughter was five in kindergarten and they had an assignment that said, where will you be in a hundred years? 
And she drew a picture of a cemetery with people coming to visit her. <laughs> Isn't that hysterical? That's cute. But to prepare your kids is really to give them a safety net while you're alive and start giving them the opportunity to learn how to make decisions and how to fulfill the roles that they're going to be fulfilled and, and do it while you're alive. So my daughter, who will be the executive of our estate for eight years, she's been in a training program. We also run a commercial real estate investment company. She's the third generation to do so. And so I've, I've had her in an eight year training program on how to take care of that business for us. And she does presentations to her siblings so that she's being prepared and she's actually doing the work. Hmm. And um, it, it's, it's very rewarding because you get the pleasure of watching your kids grow and learn while you're there to help guide them. And, and, and look, everybody's going to make mistakes, right? And it, it really is about giving them the freedom to be able to make a mistake and know that it's going to be okay. Yeah. No, so, so true. And, and you know what I think here, what, I, what I'm hearing, Cindy, time and time again, as I, I kind of dive into this and we, we get, you know, deep on some of these questions is, you know, there's not one set of solutions that work. I mean, there, there's a, there's a pattern you follow, there's a process you follow, but the outcomes are going to be drastically different because every family is so different. And so it, it's hard to say, you know, how do I exactly live out my legacy well, it's, you got to ask that follow-up question. Tell me about your family. What does your legacy look like, right? What do you envision? And so, you know, there may be that process, but it, it sounds like the outcomes are going to be really different just because every family is so different. Well, you know, really, uh, Tim, it's about asking the right questions. Every family that I work with is different. And so what I love is that I've got the roadmap, but it's totally customizable to meet the family's needs. Yeah. Yeah, right there. There's no one size fits all here, is there? Mm -mm. So. And, and I have to share, I've been kind of hiding a, a fact that's even more shocking. And I hope it's not too late to share this. But, you know, we talked about 70% of families losing their wealth the first transfer. Uh, the piece that, that really is why I do what I do is 91% of families have lost their wealth by the grandkids. <sighs> And so for me, my grandchildren were born after my mom and dad passed away. And when I discovered that, I realized that if I didn't do something different, hmm. that my grandkids would never benefit from what my parents did. And so it's that fourth generation. That's what I call generational wealth. Because if I can teach a family how to build generational wealth, which is wealth that makes it to the great grandkids, and I can give them a system and a structure that each generation is working towards that fourth generation, the family shouldn't run out of money. I mean, they should be able to grow, create, maintain, and protect their wealth when they're looking 100 years into the future. Wow. So, such powerful thoughts and ideas, Cindy. And, and, and you know, you yourself are, are also an entrepreneur, right? You've got the commercial real estate that you're doing, right? And, and you're running businesses. And, and I love to always kind of dive into that mindset piece with some of our guests too. And, you know, do you believe there's a, there's a, a pattern or a formula to, to really running successful enterprises and being a successful entrepreneur? Well, for myself, I think it's the why, that really, for me, you know, makes me a successful entrepreneur to know that my why is bigger 
than just our family. Um, we recently joined the conscious capitalism movement and created a purpose for all of our businesses so that being an entrepreneur is making the world a better place. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Right. And, and that's what you want to do. You want to you want to change things. So, you know, do you think your why also ties into just how you're able to maintain a, a positive, productive, successful mindset? I mean, what are you doing on a regular basis to, to really you know, stay positive, to stay out there and to to maintain that mindset of keeping to drive forward and change in the world? Well, and for me, I tie it back into living my legacy because we are body, mind, and spirit. We're human beings. And to be able to do self-care and to really every day is a gift. In fact, um, on my mom and dad's headstone, it says each day is a gift. And I had written that in one of the cards that I given my dad and he was planning his own funeral at the time. So what I put in a card ended up on his headstone that he picked. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just to be able to know that each day is a gift. So you're living the micro day of enjoying the moment. Because if you're not enjoying your now, what's the point, right? If you're, the focus can't always be 100 years, right? Because it's in the now. But when your vision is 100 years and you're enjoying the now, so it's about taking care of your body, your mind, and your spirit. And I, I have a morning and evening routine that I do um, that I am working on to maintain my health and my connection and and stay sharp in my brain wow fantastic so we have talked about so many wonderful things here and i love the mission you're on i, I love the the legacy planning because it, it's so needed it's something i talk about you're a great resource to have and and your books are fantastic and you just you lay out such a simple way to do these and very practical things so uh, if someone's listening how can they get in touch with you cindy well, the easiest way um, is to go to LegacyRiskAudit.com. That's where they can get access to their free Legacy Risk Audit. And in five minutes, they'll download it. Give me your email, download it. You'll know what conditions your family is at risk for. That's the easiest way. Okay. So, so start with that risk audit. And then if they want to reach out to, I, how do you work with your clients? Do you, do, you, do you do that risk assessment with them? Do you sit down and do this? Do you do it through conferences? How do you engage with people and help them actually put these plans in place? Well, I've got various ways. And because this is really my passion project, I know what I've been through. I offer the risk audit for free and I will do a, a 15 minute, you know, free conversation with anybody just to go over the results. Um, I've offered my information in a $20 book. So if you want to do it yourself, you can go to Amazon, download a book, read it. I also started the North Texas Family Enterprise Center last year to offer affordable access to legacy planning tools. And then I have a private practice as well if a client wants to work one-on-one -on -one with me. Gotcha. So, so there's multiple ways we can engage with you and you can help us build our legacy plan then. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Excellent. So any closing thoughts for us before we sign off here, Cindy? Well, you know, I, I get asked a lot, how much money do I have to have? And I feel like the question is, what impact do you want to make on your family? You know, what, and it kind of goes back to what you, what is the significance of your life? And how much do you want to enjoy life? And when you want, I mean, let's just face it, the people that listen to you and the people that you work with want more out of life. And, and that's, those are the those are the kind of people that I typically work with and that legacy planning is for because they really want to make a difference in the world. 
Well said. Well, hey, thank you for sharing so generously with us. Thank you for giving us a, a way forward. And, and thank you for helping us understand legacy planning and some of the, the simple things that we can do. That risk audit, I'm going to go take it myself, right? Well worth taking. And, you know, as listeners, I'm going to encourage you, don't just listen. We want you to get out there and take action. That's what Dental Wealth Nation is all about. It's helping you continue to grow so that you can have that amazing life of significance. But significance, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens when you take action. So I want to encourage you to listen to this, implement these lessons, go take that risk on. And if you do that, you're going to make it a fantastic day. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you again next time on Dental Wealth Nation. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at DentalWealthNation.com. 